0: Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. That's it, Chuck. Stop dying. <laughs> That's the idea, isn't it? It is. It's catching on. It's a simple idea. It's very... It's catching on. Number and 50. Number just 50. don't die from
1: putting those drugs in your body.
0: Well, that... You know, and and... You know, this is our 50th anniversary, Mike told me, 50th <laughs> podcast or 50th something. podcast. So yes. we're doing it from a punk rock bar that Mike Mart still works in. How long has Mike Mart been involved in punk rock? 40 oh years or God. more? 40 oh, yeah. years. Well, listen, it shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in Alex's bar in Long Beach. By the way, in the intro, Aloe Treatment Center's... I don't want to tip our a hat or a hand or anything, oh, but it looks like we're coming to Long Beach coming here pretty shortly. Yeah, coming to Long Beach. That's going to be exciting. exciting. So we got to get in touch with the punk rock community down here in Long Beach, which apparently Mike is like the grand pooba of. Is that true? Not really. Yeah, we all know about him. That's why we <laughs> come
1: here. <laughs> so the deal is, is we're we're at Alex's Bar. We're here to see the briefs. Down, and they're going to do a show. The greatest punk rock band. Well, ever. I'm
0: looking at the gross polluters right and now, or about to sound check or they're something. Not gonna,
1: no, they're not going to, nope, they're not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to stop them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mike Bart is so powerful, bands can't even sound check if they want to.
1: <laughs> That's the shit. Anyways,
0: so so I grew up in bars like this. I started coming to bars like this when I was what, 17. The, the uh, Cathay de Grand in Hollywood. Ooh. Right? Very much like this place right here, Chuck.
2: Yeah, I was uh, a 10, and I was there too. At the Cathay de Grand? No, I was not. I was 10.
0: Well, anyways, the Cathay de Grand was the place to go when I was like that age where I wanted to go somewhere. And everybody played there. And yep. that's one thing. Like, I'm not a real punk rocker, but punk rock changed my life. You're kind, right? of, you're kind
1: of a real punk rocker because you were there kind of, yeah but, know, hair, uh, yeah, but I was there with long-haired,
0: shooting coke. Yeah, but everybody <laughs> had a different.
1: Everybody had a different spiel. You know, everybody had a different thing back then. You know what I mean? I but mean, I, like,
0: I, just define like to me, growing up, the lads were punk rock.
1: Well, guess who we have here?
0: Yes, we have we real have punk rock.
1: Speaking Steve of the lads, Steve <laughs> e. Nix from the uh, Briefs. And he's uh, who was no part of the
3: lads.
0: Do you? you don't even know the what the lads are, do you? No,
3: I'm from Seattle.
0: Okay, <laughs> L.A. Death Squads, and all they did was beat up hippies. I've heard. Yeah, it and was, punk? and I was a
3: hippie, so but it was very scary. I'll tell you this: being a punk rocker in Seattle in the '80s, you got beat up by hippies. <laughs> no, I loved Thelonious monster. Oh and I was a wow! Punk and I loved your band, and oh you my God. in particular, the lyrics, everything about it. Huh. Well,
0: that well, thanks. So, Steve's here. You're going to play tonight. You know what? It's hard to get these two old guys excited about anything. They've been talking about this gig for like a month. <laughs> that's like Chuck's like, well, I got to check with the wife to see if I can go, but I think I can go. Yep. Well, yep. That's really flattering.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm staying out late on a work night. Absolutely.
0: I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Get this man a club soda. He don't Woo-hoo! give a fuck. No, but... but just be in here. There's the Stooges. No, is this, it Stooges? This, no. This,
2: this is a great place, man. I, I love this place. I love the, the the way it looks. And it's funny. If you ever watch that Bar Rescue show, any place they try and fix in Long Beach, they always come here to show them how to do it. Oh, really? Is yeah. this a,
0: a, a high-functioning bar?
2: This is one of the places where they'll, they'll always bring them here for training, and they show them how this is how a bar should be set up, how it should work.
0: I see the computers. It reminds me... When bars started to be business and instead of last resorts for alcoholics to start a bar, um, I used to go to Jumbo's Clown Room. Do you remember? Have you ever I've heard of this i heard of that. Place? I don't know it. So Jumbo's Clown Room, my friend, me and Mike's friend, Mike, worked at the bar in the afternoons, right? Slow. It's a strip joint in Hollywood Boulevard. It was really sleazy. But we could drink there for free all day long because Mike was the bartender, this guy, other guy, Mike. And so one day, You had a lot of mics. Yeah. There, and there was Mike Roach, too. There was yeah. too many mics, actually. So so I'm sitting there, and, you know, I walk in, and I say, you know, give me a big glass of beer, Michael. It's like 1130 in the morning. And he says, can't. And I said, what are you talking about? And he pointed to the computer screen and said, now everything is computerized and, and measured. This is like in... 85 <laughs> Like what so he couldn't measured. Give away free booze Well that's kind of shitty It was all efficient I didn't like it So if this bar is efficient I'm sure the Alcoholic drug addicts Here in the neighborhood Don't like it
2: Oh they don't mind
0: Because every drink Has to be paid for
2: Yeah you can drink In the parking lot oh, Did I say you that out loud go to liquor
0: store No you go can't Go to liquor no, store No you cannot
3: drink In the parking lot
0: So you live in Long Beach
3: I live in Seattle
0: Oh you still live in Seattle I still live in Seattle Remember the Gits Yes I do They were a great band Yeah are they still a band? They're not. No, no. How
3: long? Well, did what happened to them? Uh, the singer Mia was murdered, actually, oh, in Seattle. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Bummer. Yeah, it was for, like, real tragedy. Oh, that's right. How long ago was oh that? Oh,
0: yeah, that's that right, was... that's right.
1: Oh, what uh, am I thinking? Early
0: I 90s. Have, I have one album that they did. It's a co- compilation album. They were, they were punk rock.
4: Very. For me. That yeah.
1: was
0: Seattle punk rock.
1: So then, what? What about the human?
3: You, you know, has cats? Oh yeah, uh, they they were another one of my favorites uh, in the '80s. Right. And, and girl the trouble. Backs, girl fa- trouble? Yeah, I know. Girl trouble. Yes. <laughs> girl Played trouble. Played many shows see, with them. See, they're awesome.
0: Is girl trouble the girl band? Girl no,
3: trouble.
4: Actually, girl.
1: <laughs> the girl trouble was. Um, was uh, Bon Von Wheely on drums, uh, The Big Kahuna on guitar. These sound
2: like fake names. Um,
3: These don't sound Dale? like Dale on bass. Played bass, and they still played. And it, Kurt right? on the vocals. And
1: Kurt on the vocals, who was amazing. Yeah. And then I think uh, after that, uh, David DeWay took over and did some mm, vocals
3: on it. I'm not sure about that. Uh, okay. But I'm from <laughs> Tacoma originally, so t- Girl co- Trouble is our pride and joy. The Coffee right? Pot. Yeah, the t- the, the t-
1: what's that place called? The tea, coffee place. Oh. <laughs> I'm spacing on it oh, now. Man. Oh man, it's a coffee pot or something. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah so, right.
0: so this is what, This here's why I think punk rock. And you could tell me if this it was your experience. Punk rock was a way for outsiders and misfits and mentally ill people and <laughs> drug addicted people to all meet and congregate together, rallying around a certain anti social flag, and it was punk rock.
3: It right. just wasn't thought out.
0: It wasn't thought out, but looking back on it, because I think, what, you know, the Chili Peppers were punk rockers, but they don't sound like punk rock. Like, I think America got told what punk rock sounds like, and it's actually not a sound. It's mental illness and antisocial personality <laughs> disorder. Well, <Gigi laughs> Allen more than others. Uh, but you see, know, I, really, I really
2: like that for some reason. <laughs> but, yeah. you
1: know,
2: but the fact that you, you play down the fact that you're a, you're a punk kind of leads to that you are. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it is. You know, the whole idea of there being a costume. Uh, nobody, nobody in this place looks the same right now. But you know, most places I go to, there's there's a costume, and that's not what it was about. Not a well, uniform. Well,
0: I, re- I realized it because uh, uh, Kevin, this friend of ours, Kevin, started a skateboard concert show. Right, it was actually a Golden Boy show in the parking lot of the of uh, Universal Studios. I think was the first one. It was skaters and punk bands played and it became a thing called the warp tour right i think it's wrapping up this is the last warp tour gonna be this summer it's 25th anniversary or something and i remember my son i have a 31 year old son who who wanted to go to the Warp tour when he was like 11 i went there and there was nothing punk rock about it it was sponsored by target you know what i mean there was nothing threatening or antisocial. It had become mainstream and just a certain pop sound. That's right? my
3: experience with it, too.
0: Right? And, and so what I, I believe in the evolution of the 40 years of punk rock is that it was more of a social community and it became a homogenized sound that was then sold to the American public. Because when you take the original punk bands, you know... They don't all sound alike. The Ramones and the Sex Pistols and the Clash no. and the Germs I always and the Buzzcocks Screamers in there, and the Buzzcocks. <laughs> they don't all sound. Joy Division, too. They don't all sound no, alike. No, they
3: took pride in not sounding alike. You don't want to sound like everyone else.
0: But by the time you get to 85, 86, 87, they all sound like bad religion to me. You know what <laughs> I mean? Right. That's true. And And I just always thought, and I remember starting to meet punk rockers that weren't mentally ill. And I thought you have to be mentally ill and warped to be a part of this. That's why the Warp Tour is named. We're all fucking warped. We're all c- children of divorce and alcoholism and and trauma and abuse and and you know. And that's what bonded the communities. It didn't really matter if your band sounded like this, that, or the other thing. But by the time my son starts going to the Warp Tour in, I think probably '97. It, it was a formula, right? And I think now that the record business is over, now people are just do going back to it, which is who would want this way of life that you've got? you got to play 200 shows a year. you got to get in a van with a bunch of guys, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That only the fucking Warped want to do that. It's not, you know, this ain't, this ain't candle box, brother. Right.
2: (laughs) Well, that's the one thing. No.
0: You're not (laughs) not into it. We were never into it. I can tell you, I was a part of that second wave of punk rock. Nobody was into it to become rock stars and make money. No, it wasn't an idea. We were just going to play bars like this and girls might like us. And you get to drink and take drugs and pay your rent. I mean, that's. Oh. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ta-
1: taking the drugs was a real big part of it. That for was me. a top priority for but, Mike. But,
0: but Mike no. didn't even care. You know, in the <laughs> sex and drugs and rock and roll, and in, in Spinal Tap, where they say, well, as long as I get the sex and drugs, I, I can do without the rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> Mike could do without the sex and the rock and roll. <laughs> All Mike yeah. Mark cared about was
1: drugs. You know, it's funny, though, because, uh, <laughs> because like, and I'm not afraid to say it, that, you know, the drugs made the music better, man. <laughs> you know, it just made it sound better and shit, you know? No, it did make the music better. I mean, It made it sound weird. better. And then, right. and then, but here's here's the other side, and I have to tell the other side, is that once you get sober and you get through and past all that shit, it sounds good again, you know, and it starts feeling good again. Well, music
0: you know, is weird. How many records have you made? It starts feeling real good. How many records uh, have you made? Eight? 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 So have you gone back have you, are, you, are you in it long enough to go back And when you thought like a record Ah I should have been better Done this or that And you go back and listen to it, You go that's a fucking good record Yeah Right You know that experience
3: Yeah both, both sides Sometimes they're crap But sometimes
0: yeah Where you have this ever evolving feeling Towards your art Towards your records Right Right. So the weirdest thing happened this month Of all things I've always been embarrassed of beautiful, Me- uh, beautiful mess, the really? album we made. No, because it was a little, you know, it was a bad situation. It just got worse, and then and I liked that one a well, lot. Well, it just I, how about you this? Really I was on a that? lot of drugs,
3: but I really liked it. <laughs> so twenty, twenty,
0: <laughs> it came out in ninety two. So twenty six years later, this month, it came out on vinyl in Europe, and I bought it, and I listened to it with my daughter, and she was dancing around. It's a pretty good record. That's <laughs> weird. I, when you hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't listened to it in 26 years. That's think funny. It's weird that. when
1: you go back and you do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think know, that, I that song, that song ain't, nev- ain't never been nothing for me in this world. That's a pretty good song. I, I didn't even know I wrote it. I didn't even know it existed until like two weeks ago. <laughs> You're like, who wrote that? <laughs> who wrote that? That's pretty good. <laughs> So I hope you're able to look back on your music and, you know, because it's so hard to make music. and
3: You just got to wait long enough, and I, I'm with you. It starts to sound Yeah, good. that's true, man. You, you gain perspective. Yeah. And yeah, but things like shoplifting
2: at Macy's, it, it's timeless.
3: And, and one The thing, true story ones, yeah.
2: No, I mean, yeah. that's, that's just... I don't see that ever going anywhere. And I don't want to know which records you didn't like, because I don't want to see them in a, in a dark way. Because I'm a Briefs fan.
4: Yeah,
0: he, he, he was
3: Thanks, so excited.
0: I th- that, oh my that's God. very flattering. He was like a schoolgirl, like the beasts are playing, the beasts are playing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go, I've got to go. Mike, you've got to get me in.
2: Well, you really were. Oh, well, I, I, I thought, I do believe that this place is going to be super full tonight, and I didn't want to come all the way down here on a school night or whatever work night. A school night? <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm 15 again. Oh uh, my and, God. Be able to be out here on a work night and, and not be able to get in or be stuck. I don't know. This whole thing is just kind of cool. I come here a lot. We played here a lot, not as uh, Smut Peddlers, but in other bands. But I like this
0: place. And so, and so, where? Bar. Where now do you we'll play next? Where do you go from here?
3: From here, we play. I'm interested in the route. Los Angeles. At where? Or Fullerton? No, Fullerton tomorrow. Uh, at the then slide bar. Is no. Chain
0: Reactions still in no, Fullerton? No, we're playing the chain Echo no.
3: the Plex. No, but in Fullerton. <laughs> no, it's Slide Bar.
0: A slide Bar. Slide Bar.
2: Remember the chain, chain Reactions? Chain Reactions in Anaheim. Is it still right. there? I heard it is.
0: Oh, my God.
2: But it's been around forever. But, you know, I wanted Noodles to come down tonight. I think he's going tomorrow night to the Slide Bar.
3: Oh, cool. It's free. It's well, free? that's why it's free. he would go. He's cheap. But they pay you well. I don't know how they work the it, bar, but it's good. Yeah, yeah, That's great. Drinks. It's owned Sorry, by the guy
1: noodles. in lit. It's owned by the guy in lit, and he came up with this formula to just have, you know, to just uh, pay the bands from the bar. Yeah, I don't know.
4: It it's a good idea. Never change for the band.
0: You'll be full every night.
4: Yeah, right. Well, right? it does. It feels. If up. you're a
0: businessman, you would say, Ah, it doesn't matter what band plays. Just fucking sell the sell the place
3: out with free.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right? Something like that. Maybe we could get a gig there. <laughs> Sean,
3: Sean Stern's band just played there a couple nights ago. You know. With the briefs, our biggest influences are you know like the Damned and the Buzzcocks, but also all the original Orange County punk bands, and so Fullerton's like rich history for us. You, you know, know that, like the oh. Agent Orange and the Adolescents and Di. Simple the,
0: Tones, remember that band, the Simple yes. Tones. Yes, yeah. I, I like, like drugs. drugs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. That was you know. Mike's running buddy when I met him. Really. Mine? S- Snickers? Yes. Who? S- Snickers. Snickers. Oh, Snickers, yeah. Oh, he doesn't even remember we who th- he used th- to run no. though.
1: That Beach Boulevard to- record <laughs> is so good, though. Everybody thinks oh I'm God. like this... We used to everybody
0: thinks <laughs> I'm this grand champion drug addict. I, I was nothing compared to Mike <laughs> Mart. <laughs> yeah, thank Mike you, Mark, Bob. I don't Mike know, know. Mike you, Mark,
2: Bob. You're pretty messy. <laughs>
0: Mike Mart walking down the street scared little children. Because he might fall he on them. He still does.
1: So there's, there's, a weird, there's a weird glassy look you get in your eyes, you know, when you just don't care. <laughs>
4: okay,
2: I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to leave that one so, alone. That's easy.
0: So the Simpletones I saw play at Flipper's Roller Boogie Palace. The band, the Simpletones and crowd and all the bands from Beach Boulevard played in the middle of this roller rink. And then we skated around them. It was one of the coolest wow. things ever.
4: Rick and
0: Rick? Yeah, Rick L. Rick. Well, Mike used to play with Rick L. Rick. I was, I was there at that one. I just got <laughs> back remember? from the yeah. meat house. It was that place in La, Ciena,
1: yeah, La Siena. Yeah, La Angeles
0: against Santa Monica. I was there as a fan. You were there as a... I think I played with Rick that night. Rick L. Uh, Rick, Rick, Rick. I was with Rick L. Rick, yeah.
3: Mike's a legend.
0: He nah. really is.
3: And people that listen Thank to the you. podcast <laughs> don't see. know that. In order, Thank you. I
0: try to tell them, like, you have no idea. Everyone I know would tell stories about Mike Mart Like... Did you hear what Mike Mart did? But let me tell you. So, right when we made Stormy Weather, Mike kind of made Stormy Weather. That's Mike Mart with Thelonious Monster backing him up, right? And so then he just falls I was the only apart. guy that showed up he in the studio. He falls apart right afterwards, right? And Flea, Flea tells me, you know, I think if you could get Mike together, you guys could be really successful. Oh my God. <laughs> but that never happened. <laughs> Mike couldn't get it together until we kicked him out.
3: You went like, through a few guitar players, right? Yeah, but he was yeah, the one bunch.
0: that really had such a songwriting impact on it, right? Right. It has a certain sound because of Dix, but it had a certain songwriting thing because of Mike. That stormy weather and some of next Saturday afternoon. That's when I met Mike. And, you know, I was thinking about it, Mike, Mart. Yeah. How do you just keep on keeping on? Like, to me, I want to see the briefs, but I want to know what time they're going on. And i (laughs) like, you just live this life, don't you, Mike? you just here till the cows come home, right? Yeah, man, I love it, actually. You
1: know, I love seeing all the bands. Like, I don't know, man. You know, doing audio is just, like, part of the thing, you know? I, I mean, I like, you know, I like the technical part of it, but I totally love seeing the bands and... And, and you know hanging out with the bands
0: You used to do d piattos, right?
1: Yeah, that was not really that kind of fun.
0: I had fun there a couple times. Yeah. I like playing that, place. but it's, it's not technical,
1: fun. you know. Like like Alex has nice equipment, and you know, and every and the bands that come through here are really awesome. But
0: I'm am so. just talking about like most of the last twenty years, I just been home watching TV at nine o'clock every night. Mike's been in a bar like this. Doing oh sound no, not for all band. the time.
1: I was at the Performing Arts Center last week doing Paw Patrol. Okay, it's a, it's a Nickelodeon <laughs> <laughs> with a bunch of headsets and dogs walking Is around. Is that weirder
0: than him being... He's acting either, like that's slightly. weirder. <laughs> <laughs> that's like weirder than slightly. you being at Alex Barr. <laughs> lightly.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I love it, man. You know.
0: So well, so I've heard a lot, a lot of people... Some people are dying in Seattle, but not like in the Midwest, right? Right. It's kind of... I always think where you got a long cultured history of drug dependency... You're not going to have this widespread outbreak of death and and fentanyl. People, there's no problem in Los Angeles. You understand? Right. Very little. It, it, the, the, the the level of addiction and overdose death in Los Angeles is like flat since the 90s. You know well, what I mean? Well, there's old
3: old timers to show you the ropes that are still alive I, when you get into the drug scene like
0: I in the scene in drugstore cowboy where Burroughs says used to be in my day a narcotic addict was treated with a little bit of respect have you ever seen that i have seen that it's yes. one of the greatest <laughs> yeah, scenes ever that's good. in portland right that's supposed to be basically in portland right do you do you so you're tacoma you identify as seattle briefs are from seattle Portland is like this whole other world. You realize that we just see it all as one big place. <laughs> it's, it's the Great Northwest. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. It's, but Isn't you it? guys are so specific. Like, what's his name? The uh, is from the K Records town, Olympia. Olympia. Oh, like, oh, like that's such a different part of the Great Northwest. And the, the, especially the K Records guys. They, you know, the uh, what is the
3: oh, name? Oh yeah, no, Olympia is very different to them. Course.
4: but it's
0: not it's the same as Tacoma no. Portland or no. Seattle
3: same trees grow there yeah yeah they're, but
2: SeaTac no. Seattle and Tacoma are put together as SeaTac a lot is that because they're close or because there's a sister but, city thing or but, what
0: but I always go by airport but uh, yeah Seapac oh. Airport but I always go by what is the cultural difference there is a huge difference and Chuck and I argue about this you've probably heard on past pod, a podcast there's a huge difference between Los Angeles and Orange County It is politically different. It is socially different, right? There are pockets of people like this is an L.A. little kind of spot in on the on the border of Orange County where it becomes no nothing like Los Angeles, right? But Portland is very much like Seattle. Same like-minded liberalism and taking care of the homeless and you know what I mean. Same Olympia. And Tacoma are more like academic areas where there's young people but you know, you get more old junkies in Portland, you get more yuppies in Seattle, but everybody basically has the same kind of belief system and value system. Is I, that that's true? That's what I've noticed.
3: It's true, but as soon as you stray, you know, like an hour driving in any direction, you'll get out to redneck, the sticks. Redneck, you'll get yeah. redneck yeah.
0: Trumpism, yeah. yeah. But, but those Trumpism. four towns that we're mentioning, Portland, Tacoma, Olympia, um, Seattle... All very cool people, all very like-minded people, like Los Angeles. It's because
3: we're close to Vancouver.
0: Vancouver, the most open-minded city in the world about drugs. You can go right. in you can go in and shoot up right with a nurse helping you.
3: That's what I uh, hear.
0: I don't know if that's good or bad, Chuck. What's your feeling about that?
2: <laughs> I think that totally depends on your situation here. I don't think it would do us any good. Ask I don't me. Think I think that's fucking great. Yeah, but you got out alive. You got lucky. You really did.
0: I don't know. There's something about leaning against the wall behind a gas station that just goes with the whole thing.
3: <laughs> See, with me, if you can't find a vein, then what's the, nurse, the good of a nurse? <laughs> <laughs> she, they, they couldn't either. Well, well, no, we get a lot of people right. coming
2: in with the, the massive <laughs> abscesses because they are just shooting IM. Well, They're the just going in the muscle, and it just makes a mess of everything, especially with the fentanyl and everything things are cut with. What a, It's so ugly like that.
0: Well, I just Chuck, that
1: leads to the bottom. What is it? That leads to the bottom. That leads to, you know, when right. you when you got abscesses and you're all fucked up because you can't innovate and shit. Yeah, this you, sometimes you're that done. Right there, right there, that help me out. Help oh, me but, get there. But right. no, follow nice.
0: me. I, I were you you were a dope addict? Yeah. Right? So we're all dope addicts. Follow me on this because when my partners first told me and I met the woman who does the uh, what are they called, injection sites in Vancouver. And the first thing I thought after talking about it and stuff when I was driving home, I was like you know, if I went there, I would for sure shoot a ton more dope than I normally would, because I know somebody's there to resuscitate me. All right, there's there's no fear.
2: There's no fear of overdose. No for sure. fear of overdose. But they're not so afraid like of it. So like, sometimes
0: I would buy a quarter gram and I'd like pinch it in half, and it would just look like that. That okay. smells pretty pure. I'm gonna pinch a little more off that. That's how you don't die. Right. Right. But if I was knowing I'm going to shoot up as much as I want to get as wasted as I want, and there's a nurse there to resuscitate me, I might just go that extra mile.
1: (laughs) You mean to tell me, though, that they just sort of supervise it? Yeah, they
0: just sit there and make sure you're safe. Make sure you have, really? that's yeah, good. yeah, yeah.
3: They don't eyeball the amount and kind of like shake their <laughs> yeah. finger like, no, that's a little Dude, too much. that's
0: exactly what I was thinking. But, no, but can't you think, like, I would put a lot of coke in there, too, because I liked a lot of coke. Yeah. And I was too. always scared of having a seizure, you know. But if there's a nurse there, th- that fear is removed. <laughs> yeah, See, man. Yeah. You're, not, you're
1: not
2: lonely. Well, you know, I guess you could start your own just, like, buddy system. Call it the buddy system. That's it, yeah. That's what
0: two friends of mine did. Shoot yourself into a seizure. I'll keep you safe. Then, yeah, as but
2: soon then, as you come to, I'll do it. I'd take your shit and disappear. That's the problem. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Good <know>? one, Chuck. <laughs> that's just horrible.
0: No, that's it. That's that's uh, uh, the way that that if you're in a motel with somebody you don't know. But if you're in a nice yeah. house with where you know, there's unlimited dope. You don't. I've really, never had
2: that. I'm glad I never had a, a you, nice house and unlimited dope.
0: Yeah, there. It's possible. Uh, no, you've got to be able
2: to write a song.
0: Under the Bridge would be a good one. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I,
2: I haven't been able to write a song like that.
0: If you could write Under the Bridge, you could live in a nice house and shoot yourself into a seizure. Okay. Other than that, I guess you can't. Wow. <laughs> That's true. Well.
2: <laughs> Mike's speechless.
4: And why
0: I talk so flippantly about drugs is because I think being a drug addict means that you're smarter, more soulful... More empathetic, more compassionate, more artistic, more attuned. I don't think it's this horrible deficit that everybody sees it as. I think it proves to me that motherfucker, they know what they're, they, they, if they can get on the other side of self destructing, there's no telling what that person can do. You know what I mean? Form a, form a band and make eight albums. You know? start a bar and have everybody like it and the bar rescue use it as an example to other true. shitty bars.
3: Well, it kind of forces you to become nicer and explore that path in life if you get into recovery. If you, it really does. Because when I, in hindsight, looking at my life as a drug addict, I was sort of just dumb and not very nice <laughs> and yeah. selfish all the time yeah. and, and a creep.
0: But But you had to be a good guy that that bothered you a lot of people True. do that and it doesn't bother them in any way and i found mostly they are in the category you're getting of normal. pointed at <laughs> <laughs> no, no they're in the category of normal people no, i know i know normal people like yeah. like that that's just okay i, w- I was thinking about you know because a friend of mine died a couple of months ago and we've all been just kind of really affected by it there was one guy that really mattered a lot to us his name is matt dyke right he created delicious vinyl and power tools and clubs and he was a big advocate of music and he was just larger than life guy and him dying made us all kind of think about our own mortality he didn't die from drugs he just died from cancer and, and, and it was it was a profound effect and I thought what is because we were thinking about like like Matt did two really great things and that even wasn't even the greatest thing about him he was a great friend he was a funny guy but he created, you know, delicious vinyl, and he kind of sewed, you know, rock music to hip hop before Run DMC did. And 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 I think, what, what when I die, what are people going to say, or what am I? What should I be most proud of? And I think that it's I created Aloe with a couple of friends of mine, and there's like 150 employees, and they're well paid, and they have good health insurance, and they have. a careers and jobs that they like and they have families that they can make a livable wage and raise their kids off of. And then I thought about other family members I have. And most of my family are in real estate. Real estate doesn't really create jobs. It doesn't really create opportunity. It actually does the opposite. It actually just exploits working class people, right? So you own a building and you can rent it out for $1,800 a month for a shitty little single and then you get rich, but it doesn't really create opportunity for anyone, right? And I just thought that's what I would be most proud of,
4: right? Well, it would
2: be easy to say that I know you've helped so many people. I get, I get people at our place that have been through yours. As a matter of fact, there are a couple Two females and well, a Well, I didn't male. help them too much if they're in well, another rehab. No, but but no, it'll be, you know, because someone will say something like, somebody will say, are you going to go see, uh, uh, you know, whatever. Somehow you'll pop into the conversation and they'll go, oh, man, I love Bob Forrest. He'd come through on Tuesday nights and he'd talk for like three hours. And I said, you were able to sit still for three hours while <laughs> Bob
0: talked? I can barely do it for an hour. And I but, do this thing. <laughs> I do but, Tuesdays and Thursday nights. I do this thing and I want people to go to sleep. <laughs> right? And I understand if they have to get up and leave and I say it's okay to go outside and smoke, it's okay to go out and make a phone call. I just want to be here and, and 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 everybody's like, Don't you find it insulting that people sleep in your group? And I'm like, No, that might be the only time they sleep. Like you know what I'm saying? In a rehab center and detox, if you have the ability to talk and make junkies who are on day four go to sleep, uh, yeah, that's like that's like verbal Seroquel. That's like a. Uh-huh. That's Besides like good. Besides,
1: like, you know, like day four, man, you're just like in and out, man. I mean, that's all you do is like yeah, you stay awake sleep. for about 15 minutes and then you're like, oh, you know, it feels good to
3: sleep and get out of the pain. You
0: know. Where did you go to rehabs? Lakeside, the first Milan. one, Hazelden.
4: Oh, Hazelden.
0: Oh, that man, was in nice. or Minnesota? Minnesota?
3: In Minnesota, uh, 95. me too.
0: What was your unit? Cronin?
3: uh. uh Schumacher? Tebow. Tebow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Men of Tebow.
0: I don't know the men of Tebow. And, uh,
3: I flew back to Seattle the <laughs> immediately. And I did really well at treatment, like, took notes. And, uh, <laughs> like, I was. I. I as it's soon yours? as I got back, though, I thought I can use it one more time and then get on with recovery. And so you, your notes weren't very good. No, you took notes, but I forgot them. Oh yeah, the other part's
0: good. He just didn't have that "don't use" part. Yeah,
3: and then that bit, gets lost these days. A downtown detox for like ten days, and then I went to uh, some meetings and got plugged in there, and then stayed sober over ten years.
1: Oh wow, good nice.
3: Then it straight away, my wife left and immediately crashed I and have- uh, drank, and then I was shooting heroin, smoking crack within uh, really? you know, a week. <laughs> then I went to Lakeside Milam, ran away from there at 43 years old. Wait, you ran away? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you b- leave in the middle of the night? I did, and it was <laughs> snowing, and I had to catch two buses to get back home. <laughs> it was ridiculous. That's my favorite. Oh, people goodness. break out. The last one I went to, and I've, I've put together four and a half years now, awesome. was uh, Narconon.
0: In, in Midwest,
3: in Oklahoma?
4: No, in
3: uh, uh, New Orleans. Area. Oh, they've got. And I had no that. idea what I was getting into, but I was <laughs> for three months, and I kind of embraced it. Yeah. But as soon as I got out, I, I did a little research and decided that's not not for me. But well, is mean, that
0: like a synonym thing? No, is it's that? a Scientology thing. Oh. My friend got sober there. Two okay. of, two of my friends got it, sober there. Worked for me. Yeah. And I went and did it one time in the, I think in the nineties. That you sit in hot. tub. Do they still do the thing? Yeah. You, you hit sit in the hot tub, which I, I always like. All, like. I'm I a like hot tub already. guy. Yeah. And you no, it's drink. A sauna. You take niacin and you drink juice
3: all all day long. And you do a lot of biz- really bizarre activities.
2: Yeah, but you changed your mindset, didn't it? It was cognitive refocusing, if nothing else. It got you to think about different things. Oh yeah, it
3: definitely. So.
0: I think they're onto something with the with the hot tub because when you're kicking in your legs ache, <laughs> in the hot tub, it was really not. It was. It helped a lot. Yeah, it did. And then the the hot tub dehydrates you so much or makes you so lethargic. I could sleep like for an hour afterwards. Which on day two of detoxing, you can't sleep.
1: No, I. You know, is that
0: niacin treatment? That stuff
1: that they do down at Trace Vistas. The the niacin.
0: No, that's NAD treatment. That's some new thing. Thing, yeah. Nads. NAD. I don't. (laughs) I don't know what NAD. is. I don't want to know
2: (laughs) about a NAD treatment.
0: All I know about NAD it started in the '90s, and somebody from your part of the world that had an adverse event in relation to addiction, Elliot Smith. Right. Um. He went to this doctor and got this NAD treatment. It's supposed to flush your receptor sites out faster and make make bring you back to men, optimum optimum mental health quicker. You and know, like it, instead of three months, it's three weeks. And the, N- really? stand, right. yeah.
1: and the N stands for niacin, right? So niacin has no, something to I, do. No, no, with...
0: it's like a long word. So you got to look it up. Look up NAD.
4: Uh, what it is.
0: Anyway, it's amino acids and a bunch of, you know, stuff that supposedly makes you, uh, you know, get your wits about you better. You don't forget your keys. You're not as depressed or whatever. But if you have major depression like Elliot and you're going to put all your faith in this, you know, this chemical thing, that's a recipe for disaster. And I, I always think that he went down that road because he really wouldn't gravitate towards people who loved him who who had only what was best for him in their minds there was people that really cared about him that tried to say hey you know maybe you shouldn't tour maybe you shouldn't um live in los angeles or, and he you know he wasn't you guys up in the great northwest aren't big on advice you're not, no you're not big no. on that because i could tell he, don't tell me
3: what to do yeah
0: he, he was definitely <laughs> not down. an la guy like, as, as soon as he lived here a little while, he should have gotten the fuck out of here. You know, most Seattle people have the sense, or great Northwest people, like, I hate L.A., I'm not an L.A. person, and I don't want to live in L.A. And it's it was obvious that he didn't really, it, it, the environment didn't suit him or fit him, but he kept just living here, you know? It was strange, but he did, he was the first person I knew that did the NAD stuff.
2: Maybe he enjoyed the misery, I mean, it kind of, he was kind of a deep, kinda of dark soul.
0: And he enjoyed the misery of Los maybe, Angeles. Maybe, maybe, You know there's See, something See it's not miserable to me, but it's miserable to people who come here from the outside. Right? LA has a certain coldness about it. You know, there's there's no A, there's no center of it. Right. And and there's a lot of phoniness to it. I mean, I think what? that's mostly what Seattle people get most struck by—how phony everybody is, right?
3: I suppose,
0: on a certain level. On a certain level. Have you gone to, to meetings in LA? Yes. Right. So, a couple of my friends that are sober from Seattle—they just hate, they just hate LA, do, LA. Do what do you think about it?
3: I, there's a mix. I mean, it, there's sure. I see what you mean if I walk into the right meeting.
0: Like Rodeo or or Third and Gardener. It's just like too phony for that.
3: I just like little groups with yeah. sincere people and then I'm happy regardless, you know?
0: See so you can do that in your own backyard. Yeah. Do you have you started meetings up
3: there? Uh no, not this time around. You did last time? I was involved with some, yeah.
2: Yeah. Aren't you out and about too much to be able to have a meeting at your house or whatever?
3: No. No? <laughs> Just not interested.
2: I mean, I missed the one at Jack's house. He said he, he had you over for a book study. He hadn't yeah, had one yeah, for a I've long a time. Days.
3: And I, I've missed... That's, I think that's cool as shit. I love that.
2: Those are, that's my favorite meeting of the week, and it hasn't happened for a while. If, I know Jack wouldn't listen, but Jack, do it again.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you when you said your wife left you at 10 years, I had that happen at five years. And a lot of AA people knew about it. Knew what was going on, that she had a new boyfriend and all this kind of stuff. Right. So you can imagine my double whammy. I found out. I went to an AM. It wasn't only her fault. It was EAA's fault. Well, (laughs) you would expect that some of your brothers in the the honesty program would kind of wise you up to what you didn't know. Right? So I'm at the meeting, and I'm kind of crying, and I'm upset. And a friend of mine says, you know, I'm so sorry. Uh, I had suspicions. And then another friend of mine walked over and goes, what's going on? And he goes, he found out about so-and-so, right? And he goes, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I did not know what to say. And I was like, fuck both of you. You know what I mean? You know know that feeling. You're like, you guys knew or suspected you didn't even talk to me about it? And then I just said, fuck AA. I was never going to go again, these phony motherfuckers guys that I really that really loved me and cared about me came to my house and let, said okay well I didn't know and if I would have known I would have told you but I understand you don't want to go to these fancy meetings where all her friends are and all these people that knew and you're embarrassed but look so let's start a meeting here at your at the house and we started meeting on my front porch it was just like six guys you grew to be like 80 people at my
1: house that was a nice porch too. It, it was good <laughs> that is cool it
0: had to be a big porch huh? it was
1: beautiful it looked down it looked over downtown los yeah. angeles there was like you know.
0: and then it, but then it moved to the backyard and it like took two and a half hours because everybody got to share oh no and it was crazy but a lot of people got sober there and then finally i was just like you know i've had this meeting in my house for like four years like this has got to move to somewhere else. It moved to Adam else Mike. Oh, it did? Yeah. Huh. And now it's in it's in uh, somewhere else. But I always think, like, if you hang in there and you got good friends, something good will come out of it. And you just didn't hang in there for, like, that one week. You know yeah. what I mean? You decided to drink that one week. Because I like to give pointers, like, I wanted to use for sure. I went and bought dope and brought it home. Wow and I just I couldn't then I smashed up was that Was
2: that the dope you gave to the dog? Yes.
4: Yes, it was.
0: <laughs> I didn't give it to the dog. Don't say that. I'll get arrested. Well, I, you and Pete, I was, Pete I gave went his insane. cat I I got out on tinfoil. I was like, I can't do this. I'm talking to myself. I'm fucking screaming. Wow. I smashed the house. I, you know, I did all those kind of melodramatic after school special stuff and then I <laughs> realized like I'm not going to do the dope. The dope made me almost throw up, too. The first time you went back to it, didn't it? Just smelling it make you want to throw up?
3: Yeah, but I, I still liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: right? Like, that's going to uh,
4: stop you. I right? wish you could have seen
3: <laughs> I really face. didn't like the consequences, <laughs> but, uh, you know.
0: I think I was challenging myself to see if I would go all the way. So I wanted to get the dope out of the house because it smelled, and then I was going back and forth for, like, five hours, you know. Like. So I threw it in the backyard, And then friends of mine came over and heard that I was, you know, I think I texted somebody that I was going to kill myself or something. So a friend of mine came over and he said, are you loaded? And I was like, no. And he goes, I thought you told somebody you bought dope. And I go, I did, but I didn't do it. And he goes, where is it? You know, like an AA guy coming over. Where is it? I want the dope. It's in the backyard. I threw it in the backyard. And we walk out there, and it was dark by this time. And and, uh, we couldn't really couldn't really figure it out. I said, it's right there. It's got to be right there on the cement. And we were looking and I had a night light out. then I got flashlights and we were looking at it. And then we looked up like across the yard and my dog was laying on its side unconscious. Oh my God. <laughs> it had eaten the dope because it like smelled so good. You know how dogs <laughs> love, love things that smell. Tar heroin smells like a yummy snack. I yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To a sure. dog, it does. They smell butts and stuff. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, they do. So did the dog live?
0: Yeah, the dog lived. Bella uh, lived. We well, took her then. to a took her to a animal hospital, and then I was walking in, holding this German Shepherd really heavy, and I go, "What the fuck do we tell them?" <laughs> right. Like, dog tell them the, my heroin. The dog. The dog's
2: got exactly. a problem. The dog exactly. needs help.
0: <laughs> the dog needs. The he, dog he doesn't needs want help. to
2: be loaded. He just is.
0: <laughs> so. So I just, I know there's a lot of people that are going to go through what you went through. I didn't have those friends who were close. You had distanced yourself from them. I distanced
3: them. myself, yeah, from people in recovery.
0: See, she broke up with you five years too late. She should have probably broke up with you at the five years when <laughs> yeah, you, were, when you were fully engaged <laughs> yeah. and had all kinds of AA commitments and friends. Yeah, service then, position, you know. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You wouldn't have used Wait. No, it it's kept me It's her throat. fault. It's absolutely her fault.
3: No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> 100% my fault.
2: Well it's you, okay you to may, say it now. You may want to be accountable for your own actions, but this is America, damn it. It's <laughs> someone else's fault.
0: But
3: all right she can take a little so here's
0: (laughs) something that comes up because a lot of people are relapsing with prescription drugs that i end up counseling right that had 10 15 years variety they always talk about i gave up my time and i say time doesn't exist it's just an invention of capitalists it doesn't really exist (laughs) right it really doesn't exist but when you start using and probably when you start using the drugs did you think, like, oh, my God, I threw away 10 years? That's a language certain addicts
3: use. I did, and when I tried to get back into the meetings, I felt that severely. Like yeah. that you
0: threw away 10 years? Yeah.
3: You didn't throw it away. Trust no, me. No, once I got back on my feet, uh, I was as happy as ever. It's was like, I feel better now than I did. You know, it's all always today. How long did that take for people to know? It like, took me a couple of years. A couple of years to feel positive No, again. To, of relapsing to get... But, but then, it?
0: how long did it take once you got so? Well, you know, again? once
3: Scientology was done with me. <laughs> you're awesome. You were fantastic, man. Happy they, they as they help the off. saunas. <laughs> that's good. No. It. it took a few months.
1: Really. As soon as the implant healed.
0: Will you, you? go smoke. He a wants cigarette? you to smoke. He wants you to smoke.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a smoke? No.
0: He wants a smoke.
3: Just wait. No, yeah. give mm-hmm. him the smoke. I don't know where they are. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a problem. Uh, that, that's our tour there. manager, uh, Falcon. <laughs> but on this tour, we're calling him, we nicknamed him Tommy Bahama at Starbucks when he, they took his order, so he's Tommy Bahama now. Tommy Bahama, <laughs> yeah. Tommy Bahama doesn't have his own cigarettes. should in the road, manager we, we have share. the cigarettes. Well, we, we're the two smokers, so we share. Oh, there's only two? Yeah. Well, good for you. So good wow. for not giving so up. So,
1: Steve, you, have you ever heard of the story about when we went on tour with Thelonious Monster, Keith Morris? Uh, we wanted Keith Morris to come along with us on tour. So we just started calling him uh, Morty Mortison. Our, Morty, our I've n- heard that nickname. Our, yeah. Jewish, our Jewish manager. And uh, and then was Morty
0: Morrison? Morty Mellencamp, after John Mellencamp, when John Mellencamp changed from John Cougar to John Cougar Mellencamp, so we changed Morty's name to Morty we'd Mellencamp. Send him, we'd send in
1: We'd send him Keith to go get the money. <laughs> yeah,
0: they would never not pay him because he's Keith Morris. He's, he's Keith like a legend, <laughs>
4: right, you know. Because
0: right. if we played more and we had a thousand dollar guarantee and you know sixty people paid
3: up, showed up. Right. You send Keith in there, he gets the fucking thousand bucks, dude. It's Keith Morris. Yeah, as the band, band member, you do not want to <laughs> deal with that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was genius. But, but people, you know, all the bands like Pandora's Box and Phoenix, is that still there?
3: I don't know. It's been a while since we've been to Phoenix.
0: I wonder how many clubs we played that are still around that you've played. Let's try to think. In Denver, where do you play? The Bluebird Yes Yeah Played the Bluebird Really That's been around a long time Yeah It's nice It's nice How about the drumstick In Lincoln, Nebraska
3: I don't think I've played In Lincoln, Nebraska you never have? No oh. How about You call yourself a musician? 7th Street
0: Entry <laughs> Or First Avenue Have you played uh, Either one of those?
3: Yeah both, both? And, uh Yeah
0: there, It's cool You gotta admit it Yeah Play where Prince played. Yeah, Play where course. the, re- the replacement started.
3: I mean, normally we'd play the small one, but there's,
4: yeah.
0: Yeah, we we played the big one. Then we, this is how Filoni's Monster went. Sammy Hager weekend, the big room. Two, two years, beautiful mess, small room. Then we come back to play the small room a second time, and the only people that were there were like the replacements in Soul <laughs> There was like 10 people there. And mostly because, you know, there were shenanigans going to go on later right wasn't there to see the music you know what i mean but it was that's how that's our that's our rise and fall it's sammy hagar weekend from first avenue into the little room can't even fill the little room that's sad isn't it see i
3: i thought (laughs) i live in a nice house would have been a a bigger hit
0: no it was always sammy
3: hagar weekend still people
0: say i love sammy hagar people want me to play it for their birthday parties like it's a, it's something. It means something to L.A. people. For Take
3: sure. what you
4: can get. <laughs> I know, for sure. <laughs> do, dear, do people I'll do, a do birthday that?
0: party.
2: Do people do that with getting hit on at the bank?
3: People, people like porn weird because they relate with it. Not as many people have been hit on at the bank, but there's a few.
2: That's my story. Yeah, I, lo- I love that song. You've
3: been hit on at the bank? I have my wife.
2: That's where she found me. Really? You're yeah. kidding. No, no. I can show you on my Facebook. They said I met my significant other. And I wrote, "Getting hit on at the bank."
0: Bank. Really? Yeah. True story. Did, was she in? Was she, she was a in, Was she up in P. Soup Anderson's this weekend? Yeah, she was up I in was there too. Really?
4: That's so and weird. And you didn't say hi. Pic-
0: no, I didn't see her. I saw the pictures on Instagram. Like life always unfolds. <laughs> do you do Instagram? No. You do Facebook?
3: No. Good.
2: That's why you haven't. Cause I'm I against friend requested Facebook.
3: you a long time ago, so I have an account, but I haven't looked at it in four, three years, something like that. I, I feel guilty, though. I should.
2: Well, you know, there are people that say friend request you, and then you ignore them, and then they they think about drinking or shooting dope <laughs> in their neck, and then. Uh.
0: Well, what I like about Instagram is it's you can send out what you want to send out, and there's not a lot of stuff coming back at you. Right, right. Facebook is just evil and awful and the center of hate in the social media world. I don't know why people are on it. You know what I mean? Facebook has this mean-spiritedness and this antagonism. Not my
2: family. My sister, my friends from high school. Um, You know, there is. There's a lot of people, but that hide thing where you can hide the feeds just so I can keep track of music more than anything because there's so many bands playing so many places. I probably see two or three shows a week if I can. I mean, at least once a week, if I, especially if we don't have a show coming up.
0: I sometimes buy things on Instagram. Like, it knows what I want. It knows what I'm interested in, which <laughs> freaks me out. Like, these tennis shoes I bought on Instagram. How do you buy British, shoes
3: on Instagram? British,
0: British footwear. <laughs> That's very nice, says, Bob. But it says BF. Like, those are my initials. It's actually British footwear. How did Instagram know to send me a picture of these shoes, how did they know?
3: The same You're way... You're
0: from Seattle? Tell me. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I stay off. I, I don't know. I, I'm not on Facebook. Are people, He's actually from Tacoma, Bob. Are, are yes. That's from different from Seattle. Are Tacoma people from the Great Northwest
0: anti-social media? I would imagine they are. I, I know. Thought, no? They're on no, it?
3: Same as anywhere.
2: I thought the Great Northwest was Canada.
0: No. It's just...
2: That's just
3: Canada.
0: That's just Canada.
1: Okay. <laughs> and the weird place in between the United States and Canada where they put you when you can't get into Canada, but then you have to go back to the United States, but you can't get into the United States. I back think, into the I think States. you're the only one here that yeah. understands <laughs> that. that no, never I got, understand that, that one. one. No, no. Never got, <laughs> did you ever get caught in that space in between yeah. where you're like, okay, well, wait, we got to check everything before you go back into the United States because you tried to get into Canada and they didn't let you? Is it so the walking stuck, bridge? You're stuck in this, like... It's like 100 Wait, so, foot, so it's like an
2: American-Canadian taint?
1: It's a 100-foot swath. I don't know what it is, man. And right, it's, it's a space where you can so like stuck. You're here's limbo. the thing. You're, you're not in Canada, and you're not in the But we were States.
0: convicted felons, right? so you couldn't go into Canada. You're right. right? I am right. We're convicted felons. I am a convicted felon. So, so, but I could always, like, you know, put a hat on and put some nice clothes on and walk over, and no one would stop me. Mike... They would always just say, "Hey, that guy, <laughs> that guy walking right there, stop right there."
1: Yeah, so,
3: right. I don't know so why. We, because so we, that Keith Richards looked without Mike <laughs> like a couple of times. Your long hair.
0: <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that, I didn't look any different than anybody the, else. Mike Mart is the grand champion of drug addiction. Mike Mart is actually what everybody perceives I was. I would just put a hat on, be nice to people, walk across very soberly, and they would greet me in Canada. What would Mike, Mike do? Mike I would be like loaded in his leather pants with no shirt
2: on, <laughs> wobbling,
0: wobbling, wobbling yeah, across. You,
2: you've seen him. He well, was yeah, very he Jim spoon. Morrison meets yeah, Keith you, Richards. Know how,
0: you know how coke addicts have yeah. a spoon, like a <laughs> the little it. tiny spoon to snort coke? Right. Mike had his dope spoon around his neck. No, 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 no. <laughs> <He> <laughs> did. no you no. had a spoon around your neck. Yeah, one
1: time. <laughs> I had a whole bunch of stuff around my neck. I had my toothbrush <laughs> in case in case, you know, I fell asleep somewhere. You know, jewelry, to yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: toothbrush and a spoon <laughs> around his neck <laughs> with no shirt on, walking across the bridge to go to Canada for the day to, tour- to to be a tourist. And they went, hey, come here to this area where nobody wants you. You can't go, you can't go back and you can't go forward.
2: That's That's sad
0: and funny. Dude, think about that. Mike Mart, just like you guys have no idea. There's some videotape of it. There's a great YouTube thing if you really want to know Mike Mart. I do. There's a YouTube (laughs) video of us playing the Cow Palace or something in San Francisco. And Mike tries to hit me. He's angry at me for some reason. He's, He's... I made fun of him Or I said You're too fucking drunk Or whatever And he took a swing at me And he came around And he hit himself in the head <laughs> And knocked himself out Right on videotape Right on stage <laughs> Right jump. before we're going on
2: Did he blame you for it?
0: No He he never woke up He fell asleep on the stage And we just oh. left him there Remember that Mike? <laughs> well of course I don't <laughs> <laughs> That's not a fair question <laughs> But it was a joy, and the reason why you know, I bring it up, like, think about this. He's a father of three. I'm a father of three. We're normal guys living normal lives. Anything is possible. And As we laugh you.
1: about our drug addiction, and we, we've moved on, and it's okay to look back and laugh. That's, a, yeah, and that's kind of know, the point. Of just
2: don't do it in front of your kids, because it teaches them bad lessons that we can all get out of this. You know what? I have a question.
3: When you were loaded again, what happened with the band? Did you continue doing music? You know, I tried, I tried to sit and write songs, you know, like whacked out and it just didn't work. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. When, you're you're, when you're a young man, I think it can work out pretty well, but you get old you're in your 40s and like, it's just pathetic. You get lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it just the thing, you know, your brain doesn't fire the same way. Right. You know you're destroying yourself deep down, That that's part of it too. Well, did the, did the songs get sadder? I, I mean, I'd sit in, like, demo songs. and Really th- sad ones? No, not that sad. Huh? <laughs> Probably more contrived than anything, which is what you don't want to say. Did you write yeah, any right.
0: songs about about the gal that left you?
3: Yeah,
4: Oh,
0: my God, I got to hear those.
3: No,
4: you don't <laughs> have to hear those. No one hears those. those so no I one a,
0: hears those. I've written, no. like, five of those. I only released one of them. It's,
4: so I have it's a too Tacoma, embarrassing.
1: I have a Tacoma question. Is Tacoma still a small little town? I mean, like with Bob's Java Jive and all. That's that the other. name of it. That's
3: right. It's Bob's it's growing a bit. I mean, you've got the North End, which is kind of nice, and it's got a strip with record stores and good food and like you know your vintage whole, clothing kinda stores kinda and stuff. Sort of
1: like non. Like Several stoplights.
3: Like. Yeah, but lots of it's just like beat strip mall kind of like you don't yeah. really want to hang out there. Oh, okay. Or maybe cool. you do. Tacoma don't.
1: is great, man we played a few times there Texan the horse that flew came through there and played did you play did you at the play a real show crescent ballroom I think we played at a little place that was like it had brick brick line I don't know where it was of course I have no idea where I was it was a brick it had lots of brick
4: and it had a <laughs> stage that was that
1: was up high it was a kind of a high stage probably like eye level Probably the Crescent Ballroom. It was probably it was kind of, kind well the crystal
0: crystal ballrooms in Portland, right? Right,
3: different. Yeah, and Mike
4: then there was was Mike
0: wouldn't know Portland
3: from Tacoma
4: oh, yeah, back okay. then. Really, I didn't even know where I was. It was <laughs> like, hey, welcome to
0: Cleveland.
3: But I know our other guitarist Dan saw Tex and the Horror Sets play, I think, in Seattle. Right? Yeah, in the at, that, at
1: that theater, that theater with the U-Men.
0: If you, they were like a, they were like a band, that you saw them and they were good and they did like, I'll quit tomorrow and they played the songs really, it was amazing. Yeah. That only happened one in 100 times, I would think. Right? Oh. uh, How many times do you guys play a real set where you could say, that sounds like like the
1: record? You know, the weird thing is, is most of the time we play really well, just completely out of our minds. Like me and Smog, I don't know how we did it Half the time Just even standing up But we
0: We played okay If you know Do you know Filoni Smaug Do you like the lyrics? Yes There's a song called Nothing's Perfect Right?
3: Ooh It's on
0: Stormy Weather Okay Well it says They always say That nothing's perfect Trust me I'm well aware of that Anyway.
3: That's the one I listen to The least Stormy Weather? Yeah And I'll tell you why Why? I know John Doe produced it, but I don't like the production on it. The
0: drums are so bad.
3: It sounded very 80s, and I liked Next Saturday Afternoon, you know, and I actually liked. um, You know, know,
0: everybody wants. If you listen to Soul Sound, they got that drum sound. The replacements have that drum sound. Everybody in that year, 1988, had that drum sound, and it makes everything unlistenable. So you'll (laughs) like. Okay, so that's not
1: John Doe's fault. You know that, right? It's It's Joe Hardy's fault. Joe Hardy's Hardy's fault. They
3: sent
0: it
1: to Joe Hardy
0: because he's the ZZ top producer.
3: Oh,
1: geez. He remixed a okay. whole I knew
3: there thing. must be a ZZ Top Thelonious <laughs> Monster <laughs> connection somehow and yeah. it's been revealed. That's what <laughs> happened, dude. Well, John no, no did it, not have that mix like that.
0: Yeah, what they did was it's triggered drums and get that big 80s snare sound yeah, that's that like so delay. many people have. Right. right. But Pete is such a, a soulful individual drummer that he doesn't hit consistent, like he plays with feel, right? Right. So.
4: They want every hit to sound the same.
0: Yeah, if you're triggering it, it takes away, and it does do weird things to the beat, because he'll hit soft where you can't really hear it on on a half beat, right? And he just had a feel. And then when they did the... It just really is like...
1: A yeah, basically, it's a machine playing the drum. Yeah. So that it's a same volume. Triggered by, t- Pete's, uh, by Pete's drums drum cymbal. Yes, and then it, with a gated reverb on it. Right, It was a big trick back in the But 80s. anyways,
0: there's a lyric about Smog. He was the first person I knew that tried to get sober. Um, pe- well, Peter and then Smog. And it, it said a friend of mine was high for years. He was high for most of his life. And he was sober, and I had tried to get sober with him, and then I gave up and went back to drugs, Right. And so I had to put him down, and I had to say, you know, he's more f- fucked up now sober than he ever was before, right? That's what the song says. Right. And that's that weird thing of when you're battling alcoholism, if you're documenting it, you can see your alcoholism. I had decided I can't make it sober, I can't do what Smog's doing, so what I had to do, and, and it just came out in the song, was make it seem like he's still fucked up. You know what I mean? So that I can then justify my taking drugs and drinking. Right. Because his life, you know, when big part of 80s AA was everything, your dreams, your wildest dreams are going to come true. That Luckily, that started to fade. But like you know, that wasn't the case for everybody. Well, that, I, I know that, that was all one, one of those nonsense
2: things. Like you throw away time. You don't throw away time. You still. But your and dreams you still are
0: all it. gonna come true, just if you stop taking heroin. That yeah. that's not true. No,
3: life gets easy.
0: No, it gets harder no, no, because you totally don't have heroin. Easy. <laughs>
3: No, it gets easier without me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: eventually, eventually, but not yes. the first six months it doesn't. You're on the verge of using it any time, right? That's a so cool we're thing. getting ready for the briefs here. Fabulous what Thunderbirds. Time, do you know exactly what time you're playing?
3: <laughs> yes, 11 o'clock.
0: Oh, my God.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> you can do it, Bob. That's so after Bob. time. You can do time. it. You, you guys are it. so old. You can
1: do it. Yeah, the briefs are on at 11. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, you told Rose- me
0: 9.30, Mike. You told me <laughs> Dude, 9.30. they're headlining.
1: There's four other punk bands before them.
0: Oh, my God. And you're here this early just to do this podcast? Uh, I'm <laughs> here no, to,
3: oh, I didn't know you guys were going to be here. I just loaded it. And I'd we heard, that, Ma- I'd heard that Mike was a sound man through your podcast. So I was kind of curious, is he going to be here? And here he is. And, and here also, we are. Yeah. Pretty That's fucking so cool. cool.
0: So yeah. so will you st- will you start the Tacoma Don't Die movement? All you gotta do is make t-shirts. All you gotta do is make t-shirts to say "Don't die," uh, because, you'll have because a oh, the pause. when you say "Don't die," it opens up the is conversation. That a break. Right. Pause. Okay. Right.
3: Yeah, I'll uh, do that. I'll make a "Don't die" t-shirt <laughs> at the very least. You got that from me. <laughs>
0: It's we got to get him steep. one from
2: Wisconsin, guys. If the Wisconsin guys will send us one, we'll get it to them.
3: Yeah, we'll get yeah, it. I like those down. guys, too. I listen to those guys. They're yeah. great. They have Do you a great listen yeah, to cool. the,
0: the Dopey oh, podcast? Yeah, yeah of I love that
3: podcast.
0: Yeah. Those guys are so
3: funny. Yeah, no, my hey, wife really Stevie. likes them. Eh, hey. All
4: right.
1: Uh, thanks to <laughs> from uh from the briefs. Thanks, Alex's Bar for putting up yep. with us. We get to set up here. Um, okay. All right. See you until next time. Don't die, people. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, this
0: is Bob in the Don't Die podcast. Got 100 people a day dying of drug overdoses, and it's got to stop. Allo Treatment Centers wants it to stop. We want people to get educated about drugs, about treatment. We want you to learn, laugh, and live. But first and foremost, don't die.